Welcome to Sasquatch Island. My name is Tom Seawood. I'll be your host and Indian guide for this podcast. First off, I'd just like to say welcome to all the new listeners and viewers because first week of January, Gunnar Monson and uh, uh, I can't remember his name from Pack West have been working hard and they've launched the new monsterxradio.com, our website. And we're, I guess they're in the midst of moving all of our podcasts that used to be a subscription service now it's totally free to you as a listener so definitely get the word out for other people please share it on your uh, social media feeds and chatter 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 like a sasquatch and tell others about monsterxradio.com and our free podcasts and of course me tom seawood you get to hear sasquatch island i think i have well over 30 podcasts that i've done to date and we're doing another one here on January 5th, 2021. New things, great things. But today, Gunner texted me and he says, we need a podcast from you. And I was, tell you the truth, had a couple bottles of wine, last, or a bottle and a half of wine last night. And I was like, not thinking too great. And I was like, what am I going to do a podcast on? So I was thinking and thinking. And then I did like I usually do. I went through my... Video, I get my pictures in different folders pertaining to Sasquatch, which we call Chunuk, of course, in the Kwakwakiwak tribe I belong to from northeastern Vancouver Island. And as I was going through the different pictures I have pertaining to our culture and heritage and how of all the tribes in North America, I think the Kwakwakiwak and the Lehuata that are just south of us in the Campbell River region of eastern Vancouver Island have the greatest tie from the humans to the other tribe, the Sasquatch, otherwise known as Chonacha to our people. And the one that you usually see from the Kwakwakiwak, otherwise known as Kwakyoth or Kwakyutl uh, back in the early days, where we corrected it to the right name, Kwakwakiwak and Lehwata, which is our tribal names, meaning the Kwakwala-speaking people, our language in the north and south of us, Lehwala, the Lehwala-speaking people. So, looking at those pictures, it jumped out at me. Tunachwa feast dishes. What is a feast dish? And the giant ladles and bowls that went with it. If you go to Vancouver and you go to the University of British Columbia to the Museum of Anthropology, after you get your ticket at the door inside, you walk down the corridor, totem poles, they call it. It's numerous poles from back in the 17, 1800s and early 1900s that grace this sloping walkway that goes down into the main part of the museum. And there's all kinds of beautiful ancient carvings and great cedar trees that are now welcoming poles, house posts. Then you come to this little roped off area and right before you, so you see this massive image of a two bipedal, two arms creature lying on its back and the belly's been carved and opened up. Now it's been carved in a log. That tree was probably about, I would suspect about four to five feet in diameter back when it was standing. And it has, uh, this beautiful intricate Jonahua carved and just to the right of that is another massive feast dish of double Jonahua's sort of like two people sitting 
facing each other, sitting on their butts, but their feet are touching one another and they're looking at one another. But this is what that feast dish is carved out. When you look in the museums throughout the world, because I see it now with the magic of the internet, I've pulled pictures and this person who was a retired anthropologist, I don't believe he's with us no more. He was pretty sick last year about this time. But he took the time knowing that I was a Sasquatch investigator and I was Kwakwaki Walk and I was interacting with other North American tribes that he's in his hospital bed he just bombarded me with pictures from museums that he had been to I imagine as an anthropologist and of course they're depicting Chonakwa and other tribes interpretations carved and painted different regalia used in the great ceremonies of potlatch of the Sasquatch what we call Chonakwa tonight looking at those pictures in that folder and I'm going to post this on Sasquatch Island tonight and it'll be one of our posts so definitely go to Facebook and go search for the group Sasquatch Island which I run and moderate and I think I'll make a post about it but I'm also going to create a blog because apparently now that we have this new monsterxradio.com website I have to be a little bit more responsible for you the listeners and viewers and I have to start doing what I'm doing right now sitting here at 20 to 7 at night after dinner working and that's what it's all about because I enjoy it it's my passion and I love sharing it with you as people that follow myself you know whether it be Sasquatch Island or Monster X Radio which I work with them of course and then there is the new venture I'm on with Ali Steven here from Vancouver Island and Gowan Jones our videographer and editor we just had a breakfast meeting this morning planning more episodes that we're going to film for Seasons of the Sasquatch. Just a simple YouTube channel that we're going to be start releasing a sizzler here in the next week or so. But eventually we'll be releasing free 22-minute shows that we're producing. And we just finished filming Season of the Salmon, Season of the Deer and the Mushrooms. And this winter we'll be doing the season of the shellfish, which is clams, cockles, barnacles, mussels, limpets, and the list goes on, the winter foods of Sasquatch in the Pacific Northwest. But getting back to the feast dishes, the first picture you're going to see is a black and white photo, and it has these two on left and right of the image. There's about two, four, six, eight, ten, about twelve men standing in there in this black and white photograph, and on the left and right of the photo, they're holding up these giant masks that are depicting Junakwa, the Sasquatch, to the Kwakwakiwak people. But in the middle of the frame, with a man sitting in the feast dish's belly, is this carving of a Junakwa. And you can tell they did it from a cedar tree, red cedar, that must have been growing from a bank on an island, because it went out and then it went up like a J. They took the time to cut that massive old growth cedar tree down and the artist carved a sitting Tonakwa feast dish with an open belly that a full-grown man is sitting in that photograph. The fifth photo that'll be on that post is the chief standing beside that feast dish with no other men. And that man, you can imagine, he's probably same height as me, 5'10", and behind him, towering over his head, is the head of that chunokwa from that feast dish with the sleepy eyes, the puckered lips. 
that's indicative of Chunahua in the Kwakwakiwak carvings. And throughout that post, you're going to see other carvings of feast dishes from throughout the world's museums and possibly private collectors. And you're going to see these giant ladles with two of them in the pictures that are Chunahua. Well, I've never witnessed it myself in Potlatch, but I've heard the stories from family members and especially my grandfather and uncles and aunts that are no longer with us. And when I was a young boy, I remember being all round-eyed and enthralled listening to their stories of what it was like back in the day, especially the old people and my grandfather when I was just a young boy in Alert Bay. And he would have people from all the surrounding villages that were occupied back at that time, like Mimukwamli's Village Island, Jajis Nukhumi, New Vancouver, uh, Kalahuis, which is Turner Island village of the Klawitsis people, Guayasdams, Guilford village of the Kwekosidunuk, which is still occupied to this day. Way up in our north parts of the Broughton Archipelago, it's called the Kwakwakiwak Territories, is the Jawadenuk from Kinkum. Very famous tribe, very famous village. The owl called my name. The book and the movie came from there. And my uncle Adam, Chief Adam Dick, who's no longer with us, he was the character that the author wrote about in that book, The Owl Called My Name. And other villages like Hechem's, Hopetown of the Kwawenuch, Chachis, which is a big village now, Fort Rupert of the Wallace Quagyoth tribe, on northeastern Vancouver Island. Well, these people that are no longer with us, the elders, they would come to my grandfather's house that was three stories, sort of, I guess, 19, late 1930s style, so you couldn't call it Victorian era, but it did have the bay windows and the peaked roofs and everything, pillars out in front on the porch, which I would be sitting at with the rest of the family kids, and in and out, the elders would come for a potlatch or a feast or medical appointments or visiting family in Alert Bay from these outlaying villages. And they would all converge in my grandfather's front room and to sit there and listen to their stories. And there was Tommy 10,000 questions, pudgy little Indian. And I would be just like, Dada, which was my grandfather's name, nickname for the family back in the day. Dada, ask him about Junaka. And oh, you'd hear the speaking Kwakwala the men and they'd be talking away and my grandfather or my grandmother would be translating and of course you'd hear the ladies get in and they'd, ah, da, 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 and they'd start correcting his story or adding to the story and it was just amazing the things I heard about and I heard about these Junaka feast dishes how they would during the feasts bring them out and the bellies and some of the Junokwa feast dishes, like there's one that's kind of got some bluish hues to it. And when you look at that picture, you're going to see all of the smaller feast dishes that are on its kneecaps in the cradle of its belly. And some of them even have their faces where you could take the whole face of this carving that's probably five and a half feet long of a face of a Junokwa, four feet or wider, depth about four feet. And the whole faceplate would lift off and inside what would be the skull of this carving is hollowed out. And they would have those foods of the feast in there. Now, one of the questions I never asked back in the day too much was I should have asked more about what were the feasts? Because I've 
through reading and through talking with some of the elders and so forth and through research I've done at the Umitsta Cultural Center in Alert Bay and on the internet, the old people spoke about how they had different feasts for different seasons and different foods and there was different reasons for it. But regardless, these Junacha carvings were put out with their bellies full or some of them that were sectioned with the food that was part of that whole feast because that's what the chief was doing. He was sharing with the people. He was showing that he was generous. He was wealthy. He had access to ooligan oil, which is the oil from the candlefish, the ooligan fish that we harvest in late March and into April in our area. It's earlier up in northern British Columbia and Alaska, I understand. But all of that traditional kwakwakiwak food was served in those feast dishes. And you could just imagine being in those big houses, which were our homes and our theaters, our cathedrals back in the day. And the house posts carved with crest figures of the chief and family within. And the only light would be the central fire burning. And with a hundred or more people shoulder to shoulder in that big house, on the floor would be these great feast dishes of Junahua and these big ladles, like the ones, two pictures I have in the post I'm putting up of Chonohua at the end of the handles. And these great ladles, they're not little ladles like we're used to. I'm talking, right now I'm sitting here with a laptop sitting in uh, my mother's sewing room where I've been sleeping for the last couple of nights while I was visiting up here in Nanaimo. But the ladles are the size of a ironing board. That's how long they are and wide. And, carved the red cedar with the Junoha faces and other families had other crests on their ladles and their feast dishes you know if you research you'll see things like ravens and eagles and sea youth the double-headed sea serpent but we're talking about Junoha tonight and the Junoha feast dish accompanied by their ladles some of them are small I make feast dishes uh, out mainly of salmon and done in our kwakwakiwak design I have plans this winter, if I can get a good chunk of wood when I get back down to Washington State here tomorrow on the 6th of January, my plan is to get a chunk of wood, and it's not going to be that big, you know, maybe about three feet long, and I'm going to take that cedar and I'm going to carve a replica of a Kwakwakiwak feast dish. Maybe some, you know, I do art, that's my one of my trades, that's my livelihood. Quite a bit of my revenue I generate is through my art creations. So maybe one of you guys might want it. Just give me a shout, email anyway. But that's not what this post is about. Why did they have tunahua on these great cedar logs that were made into these feast dishes? Well, there's a lot of the followers that have been listening to me and through the years. Tunahua is the most valuable crest for a kwakwakiwak chieftain and his family to hold it's the most powerful crest which is kind of unique and interesting to us that are sasquatch bigfoot enthusiasts that our tribe's most valuable crest the most powerful crest would be the chonaha when i was the native watchman and lived in mimkamli's village island my abandoned native village from my tribe of the mamliaka kwakwakiwak nation at the mouth of Knights Inlet, roughly, and the western gateway of the Broughton Archipelago across from the 
from due north from the world famous Telegraph Cove orca whale sea kayaking place on northeastern Vancouver Island. Ten miles, I think we are north of there, but that's my traditional territories in Amamliacha. And if you research about Village Island paintings by Emily Carr, you'll see the oil paintings and acrylic paintings that she, I can't remember exactly. I think it's acrylic what she used to do. Maybe oil, I don't know. I'm not into that kind of medium. But anyway, you'll see this painting of Ajunacha, welcoming pole that once stood in Mimakamli's village island that she witnessed when she went there with her easel and her canvases. But she also looked up from the beach, as I have done thousands of times. But she was fortunate enough because she saw, she saw this great memorial pole standing up. I remember it just before it fell, I saw it. And I guess that was around 1982. I was just a 17-year-old pup back then, but I remember being in Village Island picking uh, plums in August and that big pole was standing through the salmonberry bushes and the cherry trees. It was all faded, no paint and weathered and there's a rope tied to it and it was leaning. Well, a couple years later, it would fall down, but fortunately, it did a, did a spin when it hit the cherry trees and it fell on its back. And you'll see the pictures in Sasquatch Island or email me and I can send them to you what that pole looked like when it stood. And you can also see the pictures that it had a grizzly bear carved on it. And the paws of the grizzly bear were two puckered up lip, hollow eye sockets, big cheeks, sleepy deep eye sockets representing Junaka. Even though they were just small showing on that pole, it's telling us that that chief and family were wealthy enough to acquire the Junaka crest two times or more. So it's no different displaying a Junaka than someone wearing a Rolex watch or driving a Mercedes Benz. You're showing your power, your wealth. And that's why the feast dish and the ladles our memorial poles, our house posts, even welcoming poles to some degree from the pictures I've seen in museum pieces. Chonacha was depicted because no different than what I just said. You were showing how wealthy you were by displaying your Chonacha. And by making it so grand, so Wallace, so big in my language, you're emphasizing a little more just how powerful and Grand it is to have title, to retain and use and display, to bring to life and dance and song, to bring out in your artwork, in the architecture of your big house and the house posts and the memorial poles depicting and remembering a chieftain who had passed, the Junacha. So that's why the feast dish and the museums have them, fortunately, you know, and a lot of people, you know, they, you know, kind of get up in arms about, oh, the museum shouldn't have it. No. I've explained before, the pieces that were taken by the Indian agents during the banning of the potlatch era and the 1921 potlatch that was held in my ancestral village of Mimkwamli's Village Island, aka, but incorrectly, Mamalolakula, Village of the Last Potlatch. We call it Mimkwamli's, the village with the rocks and the islands out front. The famous what's referred to as the last potlatch was held there in 1921 in December. Many of our people were rounded up and our regalia, our Tonokha V 
feast dishes, our tonokwa ladles, our regalia for bringing our crest to life in dance and song, the clockwa, the great copper shields that our chiefs held title to, which were equivalent to a platinum card or a bank account. They had monetary value. We won't get into that in depth in this podcast. But those were confiscated by the Dominion of Canada's government at the time, by the Indian agent William Halliday, by a bill being made into a law with the Member of Parliament, William Briscoe, helping to see that come about. Well, William Halliday used his government-appointed position for personal financial gains. He and others channeled that regalia that was confiscated to private collectors and museums throughout the world. And ongoing since the early 1970s when my grandfather and other great Kwakwakiwak and Lehwata leaders got together and built the Umichta Cultural Center in Alert Bay so that we could bring back the repatriated items that were confiscated during the dark days of the anti-potlatch law to be housed in there. And of course, our southern neighbors, brothers and sisters, family members, the Lehwata wanted their museum so when you go to Campbell River, you can go on the BC Ferry for a 15-minute ride across the Discovery Channel to Quadra Island and drive south, which is a right-hand turn off the ferry, to the Wiwakai, otherwise known as Cape Mudge Indian Reservation. And in there, you will go into the great building called Nyumbalis. And that is their Lehwata, Southern Tribes Cultural Center. And in those cultural centers and in museums throughout British Columbia, Seattle, Washington State, and Seattle, and Oregon even, I hear, and across this great continent known as Sasquatch Island, otherwise known as North America or Turtle Island to the indigenous people for thousands of years. No, we won't get into that. That's This is not a UFO-related podcast. But anyway, the Jonahua, and you will see it from masks and jewelry, feast dishes now, and I've educated you on what a feast dish is and the ladles and what they were used for. And you can just imagine those ladles going in there and maybe a big fish, what we call yusa, halibut, or maybe it's salmon or lingcod, but yusa, a fish broth and whatever else you want to put into it is ladled out and put into your bowl or bentwood box for you to Fill your belly, because that's what it was all about. See the connection between belly of the chonakha on the feast dish, where it's hollowed out? That's what you're doing. You're using your power and wealth to feed in a feast all of the people that have come from the Kwakwakiwak and Lehwata tribes. And that is what has always made the Kwakwakiwak and Lehwata so strong. Unity, cooperation, sharing, the sh- Strict law bid us dance, they say, when it comes to the potlatch. And now we've amalgamated the potlatch with the feasts. Whereas back in the day, from what my understanding is from my advisors that are continually, even going on to 56, advising me, because that's what their role is. And I, I guess, am advising you so that when you speak about our tribe, you don't call us Quagatoodles or Quakayoodle. You call us Quakwakiwak. And from Sayward South, you refer to those tribes down there as Lehwala. And that's what it's all about. And when you talk about the Kwakwakiwak and the Lehwata Sasquatch, you don't dare say Bukwas, like we see in the magazine, the books and the internet and P 
people are still at conferences going, the cockatoodles, they call their Sasquatch the Bukwush. No, I've even made that mistake and I was corrected. There we have male and female Chonaka, the wild woman of the woods. It's lost in translation. My advisor from Alert Bay, he stated a few years ago I should be referring it instead of or translating it as wild woman of the woods, it should have been translated as the ogres, male and female, from the woods. And that's what Junaqua is, because it's our Sasquatch. Large, hair-covered, bipedal. At nighttime, you can hear them going whoop, 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 from island to island as they communicate, especially this time of the year, wintertime, shellfish season. And that's where I'll be in the next few weeks, and I'll be sharing that with you in other podcasts video cast with monster x radio follow me with uh sasquatch island facebook group don't forget go to youtube and you will see seasons of the sasquatch and we also have a facebook group for that what we're doing but the main one of course sasquatch island and monster x radio and of course you're going to want to subscribe for free to monster xradio.com we're going to have a, a draw by the way I think it's the end of Jan, January and we're putting all kinds of free stuff to, or stuff together for the lucky winner for the subscribers that are coming on new and old I would imagine too because it is a new era it's 2021 it's going to be the end of COVID-19 but it's the beginning of Monster X Radio 2021 and beyond with a free service of podcast, video cast blog and my website, SasquatchIsland.com, is going to have all of my native art in there. And one of the things I'm thinking of doing is having maybe different pages. I want to hear back from you, the listener. Go to MonsterXRadio.com, take a look, and maybe I should have pages in there that talk about the welcoming poles, memorial poles, feast dishes, crests, dances, or what it means about the Junoha. And also talk about the little spiritual creature covered in hair called the Bukwus from the ghost world, the keeper, the chieftain, I guess you could say, of the ghost world. But that's a whole different podcast and subject. I'm sure I spoke about it before. But I thank you very much. And don't forget to go to YouTube and go look for um, Sasquatch Island. I think we're going to be moving all of the videos. It's a channel right now, my YouTube channel. But I think we'll be moving all of those videos or linking, that's not my department, up with MonsterXRadio.com. And I got some great videos of great places in British Columbia's coastal area that most people will never get a chance to see in their lifetime. But because I'm an adventurer, explorer, Sasquatch investigator, and commercial fisherman, I get to go to all those places and have for a total lifetime of 55 years to date. But I thank you very much. Hopefully you learned a little bit tonight. Don't forget, go to Sasquatch Island on Facebook. Take a look at the podcast when you scroll, or the post when you scroll down about the Junohua pictures before me right now on my screen, which are feast dishes and two with ladles. I thank you very much. Monster X, our uh, YouTube channel, which is part of our website and everything, Sasquatch Island, Seasons of the Sasquatch on YouTube. Please go to those channels, hit the bell button so you're notified when we make new posts. And don't forget to slap that subscribe bell so that you are a member of one of the most unique and most in-depth and definitely the adverse with the indigenous cultural component tied to a videocast podcast network. 
I thank you very much. Be safe out there in your Sasquatch investigations. And be safe. Let's get rid of this COVID. I thank you very much. And halakulisla. Go in peace.